Warning, this podcast talks about murder, sometimes in graphic detail, and is intended for mature audiences only. Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Innocence Lost, Kids That Kill. I'm your host, Nicole, and this week's episode is going to take a twist off of what I've done in my previous episodes. And what I mean about that is picture in your mind being a parent and finding out your teenage daughter is dating a man that you just can't fathom your daughter's dating and you attempt to forbid it. What would you hope would happen? Well, I can promise you it's not what you think. In fact, it's much worse than what you might think. And we will definitely be getting into that in this episode. So I'm going to go right into my sources for this week's episode. And I watched two different documentaries about this. One was Deadly Women, and the episode was called Lethal Vengeance. An episode of Snapped, an article off of wikipedia.org, an article off of murderpedia.com, and a host of other, um, a host of other content that I had found that really had me wondering what a teenager is capable of. And from there, we are going to go right into this week's episode. So here we go. So getting into this week's story, I'm going to start at the beginning. And Sarah Marie Johnson was born January 24th, 1987, to parents Diane and Alan Johnson of Bellevue, Idaho. And she was the baby of the family. She would have an older brother named Matthew. And at that time of the offense, Matthew was away at college. And he had no idea what was going on in the home. And this is where I'm going to go from here. So 16-year-old Sarah would meet 19-year-old Bruno Santos, and immediately they would start dating. And it was a fast, intense relationship that the parents really did not want their daughter to be a part of. And Bruno was actually an immigrant from Mexico and he was a drug dealer and her parents would find this out and really try their best to come between Bruno and Sarah and try to prohibit the relationship from happening. However, we all know 16 year old girls and 19 year old boys are going to do what they're going to do. And they, without a doubt, continued the relationship they continued to see each other they continued to have a sexual relationship and when her parents found out everything about this young man they would go and threaten 
Bruno that they would have him deported and charged with statutory sexual assault if he did not leave their daughter alone. This, again, did not deter either one of them, and they continued to see each other, which would cause tension in the household between Sarah and her parents. And I can totally see why a parent wouldn't want their teenage daughter dating a teenage drug dealer. It doesn't exactly render me speechless that a parent who's actually trying to be a parent would step in and be like, nah, this isn't going to happen. We're going to put our feet down and you're going to stay in and you're going to stay away from him. But Sarah would find ways. And again, Bruno was her first love. She was head over heels in love and thought this was the forever kind of love. And unfortunately, later in the story, you'll find out she was sadly mistaken on that end. And she would find out the hard way that you can't have everything you want in life and have it presented to you on a silver platter. So with the tension in the house, Sarah really started to ideally get the shits of her parents intruding in her life and like any 16 year old she was pissed but what would happen next would floor a small town that hadn't seen a murder in years in the early morning hours of September 2nd, 2003, a little after 6 a.m. to be exact, Sarah would retrieve a shotgun from the guest house that a tenant was living in, but was away on vacation at the time of the murder. And she would take the gun into the house and quietly sneak into her parents' bedroom. While her mom was asleep and her father was in the shower, Sarah would pull the trigger and shoot her mom in the head, killing her instantly. She would then go into the bathroom where her dad was showering and shoot him twice in the chest, once right above the heart, and he would succumb to the massive injury that she put on him and Sarah would eventually go on to stage the scene in sort of a I'm not a smart criminal I'm gonna throw one of the latex gloves in the trash along with the pink robe that I was wearing over my clothing and the other latex glove is gonna get lost and hopefully the police don't find that and would stage knives in random spots. And the pink robe and the latex glove, 
she threw in the trash. How fucking stupid can you be? Wait, it gets better. So she would wait a little while and run to a neighbor's house frantic that her parents were murdered and she was the sole survivor and the neighbor needed to call 911. And this is a small town. And when I say small town, I looked up the town. It is small town, small town. And it hadn't had a murder in years. And they would wind up getting more than they bargained for on the morning of September 2nd. And the local police and detectives would swarm the house and upon arriving would find what looked like a severely staged scene. They found two knives at the end of the bed that was her parents. They would find a knife in her brother's bedroom, which, are you fucking kidding me? You shot your parents and you leave knives everywhere? made no sense to me. But they would take Sarah downtown and question her. And she swore up and down. She didn't know what happened. Somebody broke into the house. Um... She didn't know why she was spared, laying on all that bullshit. And the police really didn't buy it because the scene screamed staged by a stupid criminal. Like I said, they would find the pink robe and one latex glove in the trash can. And guess where they found the other latex glove? Her bedroom. Yes, you heard me right. The other latex glove was found in Sarah's bedroom, and she had no idea how it could have wound up there. Yeah, I bet you didn't. Whatever. So, they would go into, the police would, would go into looking into who would have a problem with Diane and Alan. And their first thought was of course Bruno and they would question him and as far as what I could find he had a solid alibi and it would turn out not to be him but it would turn out that everything pointed to Sarah every little piece of evidence no matter how shitty it was pointed to Sarah. So they would arrest her and she would be put on trial. She thought that Bruno would stand by her, sort of like stand by your woman, but she was sadly mistaken because he turned on her quicker than a leaf falls off a fucking tree in the fall. And Bruno would testify in court that Sarah and her parents had a very, very tumultuous relationship. And it was because of Bruno and Sarah's relationship. And because the parents wanted her and him not to see each other. 
and rightfully so. I mean, as a parent, I'm not too sure that I would be 100% behind my teenage daughter dating, for lack of a better word, a scumbag. And drug dealers are that. They are scumbags. I don't give a fuck. So she would go to trial and they would lay out all the evidence against her and she would be found guilty rightfully so she definitely had all the reasons to want her parents out of the picture but again she really thought highly of bruno and he after the murders, wanted absolutely nothing to do with her and completely quit talking to her. He had nothing to do with her after the murders. He pretty much shut her out. And at the end of the day, she lost her first love and her parents at her own hands and would try to put it off on a mystery intruder which again was a crock of shit and she knew it but i'm gonna get into the trial in just a second so upon her arrest she was put in prison with obviously other inmates and this girl could not keep her mouth shut while she was in lockup and would spew what I will call word vomit and would tell inmates that the relationship between her parents was horrid. She couldn't stand her mom. Her and her mom couldn't get along and pretty much victim blaming, um, in my opinion, what she thought was going to let her off and when telling another inmate what had happened she would proceed to make a comment about yeah well when I killed oh wait 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 excuse me when the killers killed and she caught herself a few times making this mistake and would switch up her words and it just really seemed like she just was hoping that she would kill her parents and ride off into the sunset with Bruno. And sadly, she was mistaken because suspicions, again, fell on her very quickly and she was arrested pretty quickly. And the evidence would stack up against her and forensics don't lie and her dna was in the glove and all over the pink bathroom and she tried to say well it is my bathroom but i didn't have it on and i'm being framed and we all know that's a crock of shit and that she did what she did because 
she was being parented in a way that she disapproved of. And she wanted to have her cake and eat it too, so to speak. She was going to do whatever she had to do and hope for the best. And that failed her pretty quickly because, like I said, Santos would go on to save his own ass and testify against her. And he even said that the relationship with her parents just was horrid and awful. And it was only horrid and awful because, in my opinion, she wanted this relationship. Her parents forbade it. And she was going to do everything she possibly could to make sure that nobody stood in her way. And again, she would go to trial. The trial happened in March of 2005. And she would subsequently be convicted of both murders of both her parents and was sentenced sentenced to life with both of the cases. However, we all know that a few years back, I think it was 2019, I'm not 100% sure, the Supreme Court wanted to try to rectify the situation with young convicted killers being retried and resentenced because facts are facts, unfortunately, and psychology says that a young person's frontal lobe is not fully developed until they are 26 years old, which I'm sorry, that has nothing to do, in my opinion, with knowing the difference between right and wrong and what the fuck you're doing in regards to murder. And the court would uphold her sentence because, let's be honest, she was cold and calculated and a pretty stupid criminal at the end of the day. And she knew what she was doing. She planned it god-awful shitty, though, to use the gun of the guest house tenant while the tenant was out of the area and while Santos had a solid alibi and there was one person left that had a so to speak bone to pick with her parents and she really, again, did not think what she was doing too well through. The worst thing for Sarah is that nobody believed her story. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that she could be 
in the words of many members of her family, overdramatic, which what fucking teenager isn't overdramatic? Sorry, not sorry. But to do what she did to her parents is a whole new level of disgust. And it it needs to be said because, believe it or not, there is a lot of children killing their parents, whether they're current teenagers or grown adults. And a lot of reasons tend to be tension. And for Sarah, it was the tension that she wanted this boyfriend and her parents just did not like him and... I guess rightfully so at the end because she would go on to end their lives to be with that boyfriend. But again, like I said previously, he wanted to clear his name and threw her under the bus particularly quickly. And at the end of the day, she got life and that is where she will remain in prison she will never breathe a breath of fresh air ever again but neither will her parents and i don't for a second feel bad for her because she could have essentially stopped what she had planned to do and she could have stopped dating Santos and could have done things differently but she chose the path of selfishness and the only person she was looking out for was number one and number one to her was herself and like I said at the end of the day she knew what she was doing. She is where she belongs. And I definitely think that had she seen the bigger picture or took a second to think about what she was doing, maybe she wouldn't have done it. But who the hell knows? Maybe she would have still done it. Because as they say, love is blind, and let's be honest, kids are stupid, teenagers are stupid, we were all there doing stupid teenage shit, but have you ever thought about murdering your parents? I know I haven't, but with that, I'm going to end this week's episode, and I hope that you will come back in two weeks, and if you have a case suggestion that involves a child killer, please hop on to my Facebook page, which is Innocence Lost, Kids That Kill, and shoot me a message on there, and 
I will definitely look into it because these cases are definitely a little more common than most would think. Again, it's severely troubling to see how many kids have killed and who they've killed and the reasons they give for killing. But with that, I'm going to sign off for the night. I hope you have a great night. I hope you come back in two weeks and I will talk to you soon. Bye. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Innocence Lost Kids That Kill. I hope to see you again in two weeks with our next episode. Please rate and subscribe and let me know what you think of this podcast. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Innocence Lost Kids That Kill. And shortly, I will have an Instagram page as well. So until next time, have a good night. Bye.